Psalm 100, a melody of thanksgiving. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship and serve the Lord with gladness. Come into the presence of the Lord with rejoicing. Wake up and recognize that the Lord is God. God made us, and not we ourselves. We are God's people. We are the sheep of God's pasture. Come into the gates of God with thanksgiving. Come into the courts of God with praise. Give God thanks and bless the name of God. Indeed, the Lord is good. The compassionate love of God is forever, and the faithfulness of God goes on for generation to generation. The word of the Lord. I gather that's what Psalm 100 sounds like from the Hebrew. Thank you for reading that for us in our hearing, Dr. Reed. And thank you, Dr. Jones, for playing Brandon's Fantasy on Old 100th for our listening. Dr. Reed, as you know, serves as professor of Christian scriptures at Baylor Struett Seminary and has been with us since 2008. Dr. Joyce Jones, who will also accompany our congregational singing this evening and play a postlude, is Professor Emerita of Oregon at Baylor University and a dear friend to and of our seminary. In fact, there are few special occasions at Truett Seminary when Dr. Jones is not at the organ. We're grateful for her gifts and for her willingness to share them. It's my honor and joy to welcome you to this service of celebration and dedication this evening. Family and friends near and far have gathered And we're grateful for your presence in this place. Even as we assemble, we're mindful and humbled by the Lord's promised presence in our midst. Earlier this summer, I was visiting with Dr. Terry York, Professor of Christian Ministry and Church Music and Associate Dean of Academic Affairs, when he asked me, how would you like to mark the beginning of the new school year and our seminary's 25th year as well as your start of service? I replied, with worship. And then we began to muse as to where we might gather and who might lead us, and the answers are now before us. This evening, prayers will be offered by Dr. Angela Reed, Assistant Professor of Practical Theology and Director of Spiritual Formation at Truett Seminary, the Reverend Delvin Atchison, Pastor of Antioch Missionary Baptist Church in Waco, and Dr. Steve Wells, Pastor of South Main Baptist Church in Houston. We will join you all in prayer, eagerly and gladly. Dr. York will lead our corporate singing, and an angel by the name of Shelley Jennings, a Christian recording artist from Nashville, Tennessee, and my cousin-in-law, will bless our gathering by singing on two separate occasions. Still in the family, pun intended, my wife Carolyn, who has an M.A. in New Testament, I might add, We'll read a passage of scripture from 1 Peter, and our family's pastor, Dr. Matt Snowden, a demon graduate of Truett, who pastors the First Baptist Church of Waco, Texas, which helped to give birth to our seminary with skill and with care, 
will proclaim God's word from Numbers 11, 16 to 30. I could not help but notice that Pastor Snowden chose an Old Testament text. I gather it's a salutary reminder to me not to become a practical Marcionite. (laughs) Two final words before I take my seat for the duration of the service first. Following the amen pronounced by Dr. Wells, you are invited to a time of fellowship and refreshment in the Paul and Katie Piper Hall, adjacent to the beautiful Powell Chapel. And then secondly, you are also warmly welcomed to another service, a convocation and induction service in the morning at 11 a.m. Dr. Reed, please come to lead us in prayer as we turn our hearts to worship. Let's pray together. We come now before you, our God, to marvel at how vast and mysterious you are, stretching beyond our time and place in the universe, and we truly humble ourselves. At the same time, we believe that you are near closer than our very breath, our friend, comforter, our guide. And we join in thanksgiving that you would see fit to have called this place, this seminary, into being, to have given us these 25 years in service to you. And you have seen fit to call us here today to make a place for us to learn and grow. And we ask that you would ignite our passion and invite us to serve. May this hour of reflection, song, and prayer bring you pleasure. And we ask that your spirit will be moving within us, preparing each one of us for the year ahead. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Our hymn is number 340. 
A reading from 1 Peter chapter 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This is the word of the Lord for all God's people. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for the gift of another day. Thank you that this morning we were greeted with fresh mercies, new promises. As a matter of fact, we just thank you for being the God of the new. Not only this new day, but we thank you for this new school year that has been met both with anxiety and anticipation. We thank you, dear God, for this new season in the life of Reverend Todd Dixon Steele and of Truett Seminary. We pray that you would bless this blending of institution and individual, of seminary and of servant. We thank you for this institution that has been so eminently prominent in its past. We thank you for this individual that is so iridescently promising in his future. We pray that you would bless uh, his sacrifice. We pray that you would bless his leadership. Thank you, dear God, for these times when dedication is rewarded and sacrifice is honored. We thank you for parents who prayed, for Sunday school teachers who invested, for vacation Bible school workers. We thank you for the nights that he stayed up studying your word. Father, we are excited about what you're going to do. We pray that he would ever be reminded of the awesome responsibility of blending and preparing both heads and hearts for greater work in the kingdom. Shower him with your blessings, and we leave this place believing that we will be akin to the Apostle Paul. We will search for words when we see what you do in his life in this place, that you will do greater, exceeding abundantly above all we would ask or think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Our good and our holy God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you. We are grateful for the prayers and the silence and the songs and the friends. We thank you for your promise that you'll be here with us as we gather in your name. Lord, we're grateful for your word. God, we ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We pray that you would give us tender hearts that would receive your word as a seed planted in good soil. God, we pray that you would give us feet that would walk quickly to do your will. We pray that you'd give us strong hands, that our work in this world would be as your work in this world. And Lord, we pray that a word of hope and testimony would be found on our tongues. This is our prayer in the strong name of the Trinity, and we pray together saying, Amen and Amen. Friends, it's a great privilege, it's a real honor to be able to stand here. I was thinking this afternoon, I was a 23-year-old seminarian in New Orleans, a rural church pastor in Mississippi, when Steve Wells from the big city of Jackson invited me to come up and see him. It was there he introduced me to David Garland. For the next couple of days, we studied the book of 1 Corinthians together. In the middle of that church in Madison, Mississippi, suburban Jackson, I found my tribe. I went home and I told Meredith, when I go back to school, I'm going to Truett. That's just what I did. And you indeed have become my people. You blessed me from that very first moment. And I thank you. So it's a real honor to stand here with all of you and Todd with you, my friend, congregant, and to celebrate what God is doing here in the churches and in the world. It's a great privilege to open the scripture with you. Tonight, our focal text is found in Numbers chapter 11. A little backstory: God's people had been released from their slavery after much bickering. They were enjoying their new freedom. And then one day, in the language of our country cousins, they got a heavy hankering for some meat. Wanted something better to eat. They began to complain, who will give us meat to eat? That was their question. 
And this stressed out an already stressed out Moses, and he began to complain to God, verse 11 in chapter 11. Why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all of these people on me? And finally, he just said to God, I'm not able to bear all of these people alone. Verse 14. And God's response to all this is found beginning in verse 16. And that's where I'd like for us to begin reading together tonight. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with me and with you. Then I will come down and I will talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and will put that same spirit upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it all yourself alone. Then you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. And you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord God will give you meat to eat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, not two days, not five days, not ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathful to you because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, Why did we ever come up out of Egypt? Now God was just plain being rude. Wasn't that great? And Moses said, The people whom I am among are 600,000 men on foot. Yet you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord's arm been shortened? Now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to them. And took the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened. When the Spirit rested upon them, that they prophesied, although they never did so again, or they never went past this. They they kept to the words that God had given them. But, don't you love that when that shows up in Scripture? But, two men had remained in camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other, Medad. Pete and repeat. And the Spirit rested upon them. And they were among those listed, but who had not yet gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? 
Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets. And that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. And then they all ate quail until they got two thanksgiving sick. The word of the Lord for the people of God. I wonder what y'all were going to do after that last line. You say, Matt, why on earth? Why this story? Because the cast of characters found in this text haunt these walls. And they haunt the walls of the churches that we love and that we serve. There are heroes here and they are villains and people in between. People who need to grow and people who are excited with first opportunities. We are here different points in our life, different points in our journey, we find ourselves as part of this cast of characters. So I thought it would be wise for just a few moments to linger over the list and think about them for just a moment. Just a moment as we begin a new year. Just a moment as we begin a new season, a new challenge, a new opportunity. Just a moment. Just a moment. First, the first in the list of characters, the Lord's people. Don't you love them? Don't you just love them? I do. They, they show up in this story and they show up throughout the Bible. They, in fact, they're a major part of the Bible, the Lord's people. God has this thing about his people. He's crazy about them. And they drive him nuts. The Lord's people. In this story, the Lord's people were the ones who were saying, like the 1984 Wendy's commercial, Where's the beef? We've just been thinking about how good the food was back in the slave quarters. God, where's the beef? See, the Lord's people are people. And we are his people. The seminary is a manifestation of the people of God. The seminary exists for the sake of the people of God. And the people of God exist for the nations the world and for all of our neighbors and there's two great things that we must avoid when we think about God's people one is a saccharine sentimental notion of community where we think it's just all cuddly and warm and fuzzy and we just get to be together and drink tea and coffee and all the world is right and keep everybody away from our little huddle I see that in some young seminarians. That sort of naivete about community. But on the other extreme, I see this too. And and it's really frightening. That's a cynicism about the people of God. That's, oh, they're all this, that, and the other. Let me go do something else with my education and my life. The church is far too cantankerous for my gifts, skills, and abilities. But the people... They were God's people. They were the Lord's people. The people that he brought up out of Egypt to be a light to the nations. Yeah, they were the ones complaining about the meat. But they were God's. They were God's. And As we think about the work of this place, we have to have the people in mind as God would have them in his heart and his mind. Another character in the story, I think, is, Pretty fascinating are these, these brand spanking new prophets. 
I mean, I mean, God, uh, Moses brought his complaint to God, and God was so responsive to Moses. He was sharing the opportunity. He was sharing the burden of ministry. And he said, go out and, and get those people recognized in the community. And we're going to gather up at the tabernacle. We're going to come to the tabernacle. And there I'll meet with them. And there I'll put my spirit on them. And there I'll make them share in this work that you're doing. And so Moses did. He called the people and they met up out there at that tabernacle. And there was a whole new community of new servants of God. This place is all about new servants of God, full of passion and opportunity in life. And you get to walk with those young men and women through those early days of the newness of their opportunity to have the burden of the gospel ministry laid upon their lives. What a rich and sacred privilege. Do you remember those days in your own life? Perhaps I will give you a snapshot from Dean Still's life. Not long ago, I asked Miss Betty if she'd share a few baby pictures because I wanted to share them uh, by way of a screen. I just thought it would be appropriate to see Todd in a naked baby picture here tonight to keep him humble. But Willard intercepted our conversation in the hallway, and he gave me a look like, I will foreclose on your house, son. Don't, don't do it, don't do it. And so we went another route. But she did deliver unto me Todd's book, the book of Todd. All the clippings, all the pictures that she'd saved from her son's life. And I had to spend a few hours in my office. It took a while because she saved a lot of stuff. Just going through the pages and seeing his life through the lens of his mother's eyes. One of the things she kept, and I think it's beautiful, was from September the 27th, 1987. It was a worship guide from the college service at First Baptist Church of Waco. Listed on that order of service, welcoming of guests by David Gwynn. An evening prayer was offered by Andy Arterberry. Do you remember that, Andy? Certainly you do. There was a dramatic interpretation entitled, The Sin Box. Andy and Todd have promised to reenact that for us now. <laughs> come forward, lads, come forward. And then a sermon by Todd. You had that look in your eye back then, didn't you? The look I see in Rachel Tate. The look I see in Sam Still. You had it, didn't you? There's some things about that look you never want to go away. And that look... That life is nurtured when we're connected to the body of Christ. We're connected. And now as older, much wiser guys, I mean, Andy, look at you, you're almost ancient. <laughs> you get to walk with those new prophets on the first days of their ministry. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing happens here the new prophets. All right, let's keep going because it gets better. There's Eldad and Medad, Pete and Repeat. Now, they were on the list, but they didn't make it to the tabernacle. We don't really know why. Maybe there was some cultic reason. Maybe they got into some trouble and they were unclean for the moment. They had to stay away. 
Maybe these little suckers overslept. We don't know. All we know is they weren't there. Yet God, right? Yet God. It said the spirit that fell on those in the tabernacle fell on El Dad and me dad too. Fell on them too. And they began to prophesy in the camp. Friends, El Dad and me dad didn't show up tonight. But they'll stumble into class late tomorrow. And the question lingers, what shall we do with El Dad and me dad? Should they be crushed or should they be led? Some of God's chiefest leaders started out as El Dad and me dad. Pete and repeat. Be hard on them. But with a heart full of love and eyes full of hope. Because they're God's people. Then there's that little snitch. You know that guy who ran up, El Dad and Me Dad are prophesying in the camp? That pot stirrer? Well, nobody likes a pot stirrer or a snitch, so we'll just skiff them. <laughs> Don't be that person. Then an anxious leader showed up. When the snitch arrived, told the story about Me Dad and El Dad. Pete and repeat. Joshua, who became such a figure in the Bible, had a really bad moment. Joshua begins to act like Scrappy-Doo from Scooby-Doo. Remember Scooby-Doo? Let me at him, Uncle Scoob! I mean, he's the young lieutenant full of vinegar ready to fight Moses' battles. They come up, they're prophesying too, they're prophesying too. Moses, make them stop! Make them quit! In that moment where God was raining grace down on his people. In that moment where God was dripping mercy all over the place. Joshua. Joshua who should have known better. Joshua. Joshua. Started playing games. Playing politics. We're not that far from LaGrange. He was doing a little sidestep. Posturing. Shouldn't we fix this? Shouldn't we fix this, Moses? Shouldn't we stop it? Friends, all of us, from time to time, behave like anxious leaders. And we, we buy into that lie of American religion that if it's going to be, it's up to me. We get all in a bunch. And we say, Moses, shouldn't you make them quit? Shouldn't you stop them? Shouldn't you stop them? What's going on? Shouldn't you stop it? Shouldn't you stop it? God would grow us past that place of anxiety to a place where we're at home in Him and at home in our skin, a place where we can stand and say, I. I. And that's what we find in Moses. That's what we find. In Moses, I love what it said in Numbers chapter 12, 3 about Moses. It just simply said Moses was very humble. Most humble man in the world. Look how Moses responded in this moment. He said, are you, are you worried about me? Is that what's going on here, sport? 
You wor- who are you worried about here? Me? You? Who, who, who are you worried about here? He said, I wish that all of God's people were prophesying. I wish that all God's people were anointed with His Spirit. I wish that what's happening here would touch every single last one of God's children. And the hope that was in the ancient heart of Moses was in the plan of God. He had Pentecost in his bosom and he stood humbly on that hill and he said to his young, anxious lieutenant, Peace. Settle down. Watch what God is doing. Because he understood that God was the final character in the list of characters. He understood that ultimately it was about God. That they were God's people and they were about God's mission. And God was their redeemer who stretched out his strong arm. And God was one you could talk to like you were talking to a friend. God was the one you could say, how are we going to feed all these people that stuff, God? And God was the one who would remind you again and again and again, has my arm grown short? I'm the one who bore you like a mother bird out of your slavery. Is my arm too short to handle your grocery list? Moses knew God. And he was leading the people of God to know God. And he was at peace and at home. And he was non-anxious. There's a good classroom word for you. William Faulkner's The Sound and the Fury. Luster was asked, where'd you get that quarter? And Luster said, I got it at the getting place. Moses knew God to be the getting place. And as we begin a new season here, a new school year, a new day, the wisest thing we can do is get to the getting place. Because this is all about him. It's all about him. Thank you, friends. Love you.
Joel, Hewitt, I don't know about you, and I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but if I were you, I would take complete credit for Matt Snowden. I thought tonight we would share George Truitt's Sunday night benediction. And now, as the people of God go their many scattered ways, may the blessing of God, bright like the light when the morning dawneth, and gracious as the dew when the evening cometh, be granted us all and each to teach us and to keep us in the right way today, tomorrow, and beyond forever. Amen.